Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. This is our last series in Nehemiah. Uh, We've been on a journey. It started off hearing about the wall, the plight of the wall, turned torn down in ruins. Uh, Nehemiah hearing about it in, uh, in Persia and being heartbroken over it. And so he goes uh, and goes, travels to Jerusalem. Then he, he walks the wall. He walks around seeing the destruction, the devastation. Then he rallies the troops, gathers Israel to rebuild the wall. Let's build this wall together. And everyone plays their part. Everyone has a role uh, outside their own house. They build the wall all together, everyone involved. uh, And then they face opposition. Sanballat and Tobiah are accusing them, saying, even if a fox were to walk on the wall, it would fall over, it would crumble. Your work is terrible. You can't do it. But they keep... uh, uh, persisting, and then they um, face internal opposition. There's corruption and injustice within the people of God. The poor, uh, the poor, are being taken advantage by the rich, uh, and so there's necessary reforms uh, there. And then, um, because the external opposition didn't work, the internal opposition didn't work. The enemy then tries to distract Israel from building the wall. Sanballat and Tobiah inviting them to, oh no. But Nehemiah says, oh no, I won't go. Um, And uh, keeps building. And finally, in chapter 6, they build the wall. The wall is finished. This great uh, building project, this amazing wall, it's done. The gates are finished. The wall is finished. Every stone is placed in its position. But the story doesn't end there. The the book doesn't finish there. Uh, In chapter 7, it it talks about the exiles who return uh, to the city. In chapters 8 to 10, it talks about the cultural reform that was necessary in Israel. uh, And and that happening through the reading of the word, which led to their confirmation of who they are as the children of God. It led to confession, which led to a renewal of their relationship with Jesus, with God and then it led to a commitment to live God's way, specifically for the Israelites then uh, to live holy lives dedicated to God, to, to Sabbath, to rest and rely on God and his provision and to be generous and give back to God what has been given to them. And then we come finally to the end of the story. Uh, it returns um, back to the narrative of building the wall and, and uh, dedicating the wall. What happens in between is there's a designation in chapter 11 of who lives in Jerusalem, in the city, who gets to live out in the villages. And there's a whole heap of names of uh, the leaders of the Levites, the leaders of Israel at the time. There's a whole heap of names that were read out in the passage today, which I won't repeat. But it's kind of like an honor guard. It's kind of like, you know, after a big building is finished, there's a plaque in the corner that lists everyone involved in the building. 
the people who uh, sacrificed, the people who invested, the people uh, who, who, who worked for the building of the wall. But Nehemiah is not just talking about the building of the wall. The people who led Israel in the reforms that were needed to be the people of God. And that brings us again to the dedication. Finally, they, they've finished the wall. They've reformed the city. They've, they've entered into who they've been called to be as a people of God. And so they celebrate. They, they worship. Nehemiah gathers the Levites. He gathers pretty much everyone who's got a, a musical talent and brings them to Jerusalem. And then he... Um, the priests and the Levites, they purify themselves and then they purify the people and then they purify the wall and uh, they set it aside as holy. And then they, Nehemiah does this really cool thing where he breaks the group into two groups, two choirs, and leads a procession um, walking on the wall all the way around uh, to meet again at the temple of God, surveying God's surveying the wall, looking out and seeing what God has done. And they worship and they praise. And I love that very last verse. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away, in the towns kilometers away. And just imagine the kind of noise that would be required to be produced, to be heard in the, in the next town across. And this is before amplification. This is before speakers and electric guitars and drums. Although, actually, no, there was drums. Cymbals and harps and lyres. So you get the impression there's an amazing celebration, an amazing amount of thanksgiving and praise given to God. And instead of, you know, preaching for 45 minutes on thanksgiving and praise, what I thought we'd do today is I'd share three quick thoughts and then we'd sing, a couple, uh, sing some more and then we'd go and celebrate and celebrate the year that God ha- has given us and celebrate what God has done. So three quick thoughts. The first is thanksgiving and praise is the natural and right response to God's goodness. Thanksgiving and praise is the natural and the right response to God's goodness. This is the climax of the book. There's long descriptions about who's involved. There's lots of detail that tells us that this is an important part of the story. That after seeing what God has done, the Israelites praise and worship. When God is good, His people respond in praise and thanksgiving. That's what we were called to do. That's what we should do and should want to do. God is good. So let's tell each other and tell ourselves and tell the world, God is good. The second thought, thanksgiving and praise reminds us who and whose we are. Uh, there's a comment um, there about the, the priests and the Levites, they purified themselves and then they purified the people and then they purified the gates and the walls. And the, it doesn't explain how they did it, but the purpose of that was to... Um, change anything that was unclean to clean, anything that was unacceptable to God to acceptable to God. It's to to remind and to set everything aside for God, for uh, the purpose of God. And when we give thanks and praise for what God has done, it reminds us that we are set aside for God. The things that God has given us, They're not just for our benefit. They exist. God has given us for His glory, for His mission. 
And so when we give thanks and when we praise God, it reminds us that these things aren't about us. It's about God and His mission, His goodness, His glory. The third uh, thing is thanksgiving and praise reminds us that God is God, that we are not and that others are not. God is God. My my favourite part of this story is them walking on the wall. Because if, if you remember what Sambalat and Tobias said about the wall, they said uh, a, a fox, a tiny, light, flimsy fox would walk on the wall and it would be destroyed. They said that Israel couldn't do it. They said that God couldn't do it. But then Nehemiah gathers the people of Israel. This is thousands of people, thousands of people. And then walks on top of the wall all the way around, seeing what God has done. When... It's a callback to when Nehemiah walked around the city, seeing the devastation that the nation was in, the shame and the, the, uh, how horrible a situation that was and how shameful it was for Israel to be a city without walls. And then the other nations accusing and, and saying, you can't do it, it won't work. God can't do it. But they're not God. God is God. God commanded Nehemiah to do it and he equipped Nehemiah to do it and they did it. Giving thanks and praise reminds us that God is God. He's the one in control. He's the one that will equip us and, and, and enable us to do what he's called us to do. And I think this is an important reminder for us because the world says the church is in decline the world says that God is dead, that he's not relevant. The world says that the Christian worldview is hurtful and harmful. The world says that if you have cancer, then there's no hope. But that's not what God says. And the world is not God. God is God. And the church is flourishing in, in the hills, but also around the world. God is alive and active. Uh, His truth is what's needed in the world, his hope and his truth and his love. And there's a great hope that, that, that nothing else in this world can offer, that we have in God, in Jesus. So there's three things. Thanksgiving and praise are the natural and right way to respond to God's goodness. Thanksgiving and praise remind us who and whose we are. Thanksgiving and praise reminds us that God is God. So I want to lead us in giving thanks and actually praising God for what he's done. And, and um, firstly, I, I want to give praise to God uh, for uh, this community, this church, particularly uh, the staff, uh, all the members, everyone involved in any kind of um, volunteer role, the kids team downstairs right now, uh, people doing coffee, people doing welcome, people doing car park, sound and tech, musicians, life group leaders, people, people involved in things I don't even know about. But God has been active and working through these people, through you. And I'm so thankful and praise God for what He is doing through all of you guys. I did want to um, specifically honour one person and I want to create a tradition of honouring someone for embodying the values of our community, of our church. Um, 
Uh, it's something I've seen at other churches done, and it's not about praising and honoring and, and putting someone on a pedestal, but actually recognizing that God is working uh, through uh, their lives and, and, and kind of celebrating Christ-like character in someone. And so uh, this person isn't aware of this, uh, but uh, this person is, um, I think, embodies the servant-heartedness uh, and um, embodies an encourager. Every conversation I have with this person, uh, I'm encouraged, I leave blessed, I leave happier than when I started talking to him. And uh, this person is servant-hearted. You will always find, this might reveal who it is, you will always find this person doing the dishes after church. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and um, so, Rod Inglis, uh, if you want to quickly come down to the front. He's also someone who probably doesn't like limelight, but I just want to honour it, Rod. Thank you, but more importantly, praise Jesus uh, for your servant-heartedness, your Christ-like character, your encouragement, and all that you do to bless uh, this church. So this is a little gift for you. In a minute, we'll sing a couple more songs, and then we'll go and celebrate. But as we celebrate, let's talk about what God has done this year. Uh, he's brought unity in the church, we've amalgamated with another church. This is unheard of in this culture of division and divisiveness to unite uh, with another community. It's amazing. He's provided land uh, for, um, for, for Mount Barker and the Verdun campus. More significantly, we've seen people walking from darkness into light, people being uh, finding freedom and forgiveness uh, from sin. We've seen healings profoundly and powerfully. We've seen changed lives, answered prayer, new Christians, uh, church growth. We've seen leaders raising up, being raised up. And even above all that, we've seen a God who loves us dearly, who sent his son to die so that we could live. And he did that to set aside for himself a, a people for his purpose, for his mission and if we trust in Jesus, we are part of that people. And God is working powerfully, doing amazing things. So it's only fitting that we return it to him in praise and thanksgiving. So we're going to have a, what's called a Nehemiah feast. I'm not sure, I didn't coin that name, but that's what it started being called. Nehemiah feast uh, after the service. Do join, stick around. Um, and then a little bit later, the kids leaders will be going downstairs to clear up. So do take a couple of platters or something to... Um, do that for your meeting downstairs. But let me pray, and then we'll sing, and then we'll celebrate together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you've done in our community. We thank you uh, for your blessing to us. We thank you for answered prayer. We thank you for salvations that we've seen. We thank you for growth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you've done. And Lord, we, as we celebrate, let, let's, let's walk the wall. Let's think back in the year that's been and reflect on all that you have done. And let's return it to you in praise. So we celebrate together, as we fellowship together, as we encourage one another in who you are.
and whose we are. We thank you and praise you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.